House hunting? What the hell is that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Training timeout. You mean to tell me that the military will pay me to fly out and buy a home before I PCS? What? Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Mike Foster in the house again, and we are going to talk about house hunting leave. House hunting leave, what is it? What can we do with it? And how can that game change our entire PCS, right? Our entire change of permanent duty station. This is a killer, killer benefit, guys, that you have available and not a lot of people know about. So I'm going to shed some light on it as far as what it is why it is, and how you can use it to get yourself started you know, in real estate investing. Even if you're just buying your a home, right, buying your first home uh, for you and your family to live in while you guys are at your new due station, right? But buying it under that investment mindset, right? Because we always want to put it be a stepping stone. We always want to make the next best step. Okay, so here we go. What is house hunting, right? Well, the formal thing is called house hunting trip. Right? And I have an awesome link in the show notes for you to go check it out on DFAS. But according to the joint travel regulations, we are all authorized 10 days of house hunting leave, right, so to speak. And this leave is allowed for you to go out, right, to travel to your next duty station before you get there and go find yourself a home, right? Now, 10 days, you ask yourself, Mike, that's not a lot of time, right? That's not a lot of time at all when we're talking about how long it takes to find a property, how long it takes to, you know, go through the contracting process, get an inspection, the appraisals, all that, you know, all that nonsense that goes up into it. But I mean, yes, right? That is understandable. And so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to plan ahead, right? You're going to have to make sure that you have everything all systematic. And I'm going to show you a way that you can break everything down, a timeline that you can kind of go over and maybe make a little checklist in your head as you go through it, right? I'm going to explain that later. But make sure that you understand with your command, right? Sit down with your your, uh, command dispersing office and make sure that you understand what expenses are refundable, right? Now, also, make sure you go to the DFAS website. Um, make sure you hit that link that's in the show notes, and it'll take you there. And it'll show you examples of all the things that you are technically eligible for. However, each command has a little wiggle room. I know that my last command, um, they were very, very stringent on what they could reimburse, and they only approved house hunting leave when you were at the duty station. So when you checked in, you could take it. And then they, because you're already in the area, right? It's less expense for them. They don't have to reimburse uh, plane tickets. They don't have to reimburse, um, you know, heavy, hefty car expenses, right? Through tolls or gas or whatever, right? Because you're already there. 
Um, so again, make sure you check in with your chain of command and understand the rules that you have to follow along with it. But everyone's granted about 10 days or so. And that 10 days is not charged from the leave that you have accrued already. So it's wonderful, right? It's a nice little, you know, basket. And if there's nothing going on, here's your little basket of leave. Go out and find yourself a place to live for the next two, three, four years or however long your tour is there, right? So you're good to go. Now, again, 10 days, very short time. You're not going to be able to go find a home in just 10 days and think everything's going to be hunky-dory, right? So you have to plan a little bit ahead. Now, how can you do it? What's a good little process? I say start one year out, okay? That's just my opinion. Everyone has their own opinion and everyone also has a different situation going on because if you're trying to PCS with an entire family, that's a whole lot different than you just trying to PCS, you know, either single or with your one or maybe two fur babies, right, that you've got around. So definitely make sure that you adjust uh, this little checklist, so to speak, um, to fit your situation. But I generally go one year out. I tell people, hey, just start from one year, start scoping out the area that you're traveling to. Let's say you're PCSing from San Diego to Norfolk, right? Okay, so you want to make sure you go take a look out on all the Norfolk, Virginia Beach, or Hampton Roads, really, right, areas around that are close enough to base where you're not going to travel a whole whole heck of a lot unless you really want to. Um, Or, you know, you're in an area that you decide that you want to live, right? Maybe it's hip, right? You'll have a little stuff going on at night, or maybe it's secluded. You're really a homebody, and you don't really care what's going on around you. You just want a nice piece of land, and you want some peace and quiet. Hey, you know what? That's all good to go. If school district is your thing, right? Make sure you're doing all your research on this stuff one year out. Why? Because the more time you have to understand your area, the better. Right? You want to make sure you understand that area in and out before you buy a home there while you're going to PCS there because you're going to stay in that home, right? That's going to be a home you live in. It's different if you're buying an investment. Um, You don't necessarily have to buy in an area that you would typically live because you're not going to live if you're buying that investment property, right? Now, this property is a property you're going to live in. So maybe what you want to do is you want to compromise and you want to say, hey, this is not necessarily where I want to settle down. However, this is a place where I can honestly see myself holding an investment property and being satisfied with that, okay? Now, I say that because at the time your tour ends, you're either going to go back home or you're going to PCS to your next duty station, right? Whatever you decide to do, whether you're going to stay in the military or get out, and you're going to be left with the choice buy or, I'm sorry, hold or sell your property, right? So... Make sure you have a good idea of the area beforehand. That way you see where it's at now and you see where it's going. So you can make that decision before you get to the point where you're now about to PCS or you're about to get out and you have to make a decision and you're running out of time, right? No, you want to have all that stuff, all your ducks in a row before you get to that point. That way you're golden and you can make that decision and make your preparations for that big decision before you get there. And starting one year prior to PCS is definitely a good way to make sure of that. So, right, make sure you're hitting up sites like Zillow, right? Sites like um, realtor.com, Trulia, right? 
Um, they're these, if you don't know what I'm talking about, these are MLS searching websites that find homes that are on the open market and show you what their purchase price is, descriptions about them, um, you know, uh, the realtors that are that are listed for that property shows you pictures, shows you tax information, right? Sometimes even, you know, price history, how that how that um, how the market value of that home has been performing over a certain amount of time, right? These websites are great because they give you awesome tools to paint pictures for you because that's really at the end of the day what you want. You want a picture of the area you're living in before you actually go and you make that investment. Okay? So, yeah. So, again, Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia, those are three off the top of my head that are really good to use. Um, You can, if you're a little bit savvy in the real estate investing game already, right? then you already know you can use sites like Craigslist for sale by owner, right? And you have a little bit of... um, experience in that field. So maybe you're a little bit more comfortable to, to take the risk, find the better deals in some of those, you know, off market websites, because you already have a good idea of what to look for. Totally, totally don't recommend you doing that if you're just starting out. Um, Unless you have a friend or business partner or someone right that is also a little familiar with it and will help you out. All right, because you don't want to be lost. And so I just recommend, you know, you know, just make sure you get some help when you're doing it. Or you can come to us, right? Be a part of our active duty passive income group and we will help you out throughout the entire process, right? And you can we can link you up with our network of friends that will, you know, hook you up. So anyway, so right, so make sure you get some help. Okay, so that's one year out. Nine months now, right? Once you get to that nine month out a month month mark, I'm sorry, you want to go ahead and you want to start contacting some folks in the area. Maybe you've got some friends. Maybe you have some friends that have PCS'd over there already and they are familiar with the area. You know, get a little bit lay of the land and make sure that you're getting the questions that you had in your head at the one year mark answered. That way you can start to really get a good feel for that area, where it's going, where some of the hot spots are, and where you really want to look. Another thing you can do too, if you don't have friends in the area, you can go reach out to a few realtors. Right. So go ahead and start comparing some of the realtors in the area and just ask them questions. Really, you don't even have to compare. Just, you know, find like one or two, I would say two or three. Give it two or three different realtors. That way you can kind of get a general idea of the the you know stuff that's going on in that area. You get a few different perspectives, right? You definitely want a few different perspectives when you're dealing with this. But yeah, so go ahead and talk to a few of them. Um, and make sure that you're asking some good questions like, you know, transportation in the area, where the major highways are, where they lead, um, especially if you're trying to figure out alternate routes and stuff to get to work. But also make sure you're asking you what's going on with the population. Has it been increasing in the area over time? Uh, is the area Are the areas gentrifying over time, right, that you're looking at? Um, are they getting worse, right? That's definitely something you want to watch out for. Again, you want to know what what schools, right? How schools are performing in the area? If you have kids, or maybe that's not important to you, um, you know, or you want to understand what kind of um, big companies are around the area. If you're looking at investing in that area for a little bit, or if you want to hold your property long term, one of the things you may want to consider is, you know, if I'm not just renting to military, I might be renting to civilians. What kind of jobs are around that are desirable? 
that will bring more people to my area. That'll you know reduce what's called a vacancy rate, right? Which is just a, a, a rate, a percentage rate of the amount of people that rent homes, right? Or rather the amount of people that don't rent homes, I guess, right? How the average of how many properties are vacant in that given area. That's your vacancy rate. And so you want to understand, is the vacancy rate low? Is it high? You know, is it high, but it's decreasing? Or is it low, but it's increasing? You know what I mean? Yada, yada, right? Um, Also, something good to ask too are flood zones, right? So if you're going to Hampton Roads, what's very important if you're buying a home there, you want to make sure your home is... Oh, you want to make sure where the flood zone is in regards to where you want to buy. Now, I know some people that don't mind flood zones, right? That's just not something that they're absolutely worried about. And I also know some people who are, who will never buy in a flood zone because they are completely averse to the risk, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it either, or you got to assess the risk how you want, but also understand how that's going to play into your numbers when it comes to, you know, your mortgage and your expenses each year. Okay. So you get all that lay of the land between one year and the nine month, maybe even eight month mark. Now, once you get to the sixth month mark, right, six months out, you want to start researching lenders, okay? And I'm going to tell you why in a second, but you want to start researching lenders and then you also want to start planning your household uh, trip, right, your household leave um, six months out, right? You want to start looking at flights, Uh, You want to start looking at transportation in the area, right? Just make sure you kind of get your ducks in the row early. That way, you know, again, obviously schedules change and whatnot, right? I understand that. But the earlier you you do it, the cheaper it is going to be for you, especially if you're traveling from a place like California to, you know, the East Coast or vice versa, right? So, okay. So anyway, back to finding lenders. The reason why I say you should find lenders out at the six-month mark is because, the the lending game right with banks is always evolving it's always evolving and you know you would think that because it changes you want to do that closer to it but i i disagree i think you should start out earlier because you know the more questions you ask early the better feel you get for that particular lender right and the better relationship that you can grow with maybe one of the loan officers or one or two of them right um, and if you get some good lenders that have some good competitive rates and you're talking to a few people, you can sometimes get a better deal just by negotiating with them, you know, and it gives you more time to negotiate. So you can find smaller banks in the area that may not be as publicized as some of the bigger ones. Obviously we have, you know, our service federal, right? I was going to say Navy federal, but you know, they have army federal, they have air force federal, I'm sure, you know, whatever the, whatever, whatever your branch might, might call it. Right. Um, and then obviously we all have USAA. USAA is a great bank. I totally, you know, uh, support and recommend them to anybody. And, um, and then, but and then obviously you got the bigger banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, all that stuff. And all the big banks usually offer VA loans if that's what you're looking to get. However, you know, sometimes you get a better rate or a better deal with the smaller banks that are inside your local area that you're moving to. And I love using small banks. I mean, I will support, you know, USAA because I love them over, you know, the other banks, other big banks that I use. But I definitely, definitely support smaller local banks within your area because those banks give you a lot more flexibility and a lot more 
uh, competitive rates as far as loans at 0% interest or, you know, maybe really, really low, like 1%, 2% APR for the first year, you know, all that stuff. Um, and now different when you're talking about a, you know, consistent 30 year uh, fixed rate mortgage, obviously that's going to be different from what I'm talking about. But when you start to finance in different and advanced strategies and you start to use a lot of other methods, uh, smaller banks are definitely the way to go because you know, they are, again, more competitive. Sometimes they'll also lend to LLCs, which is great. We're going to have a whole lesson out on what an LLC is, uh, limited liability com- limited liability company, excuse me. And um, so what all that is, why entity protection is important to you, and how you can work with local banks to find loans for those particular entities. We're going to talk about all that later, so please don't stress yourself over what I'm talking about right now. But just know that if you can start building a relationship with a small bank early on, definitely will help you out in the long run. And again, you'll find out why as you continue to stay tuned. All right. So if you just heard that, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and make sure that you get notified when the next episode pops on Friday. Right. All right. Hoo-yah. Anyway, so now you're at the four month mark. Okay. Four month mark. Now you should definitely start researching your partners in the area. Okay. So now if you've been looking around and you know that you want to buy this property with the intention on keeping it, right? And maybe you want to use this to start growing your portfolio. Okay, great. Start looking at partners in that area. And by partners, I mean property managers. I mean, you know, insurance providers. I mean, um, construction or handymen, you know, all these things that you can, that you might need, right? Whether it's regarding maintenance, management, or insurance of your property. Okay. These are all key factors, even legal. You know, even start working the legal game um, if you know that you're going to be investing a little bit more in that area too. Now, legal is not necessary. You don't necessarily have to have a legal team, but if you're going to do some contracts on your own or you want to start doing some, you know, outside the box investments in that area, that's definitely something you want to find now too. Okay. So anyway, right. Four month mark, research some of your partners. Okay. The three month mark right now we're getting closer to the wire contact that realtor or that broker again that you found right at the at the nine month um and at this point you really want to narrow it down so if you spoke to two or three or four different people this time you want to narrow it down to one and you want to establish that you want to solidify that relationship hopefully you've been establishing the relationship you know between month nine and month three but right this point you want to solidify it and you want to get them working on your side to actively push you deals, okay? So maybe for like the next two months, you're just they're just pushing you deals that are falling under the criteria, the very specific criteria that you give them, right? Don't give them, you know, just anything under this because this is my budget, okay? If you tell them that, they're going to give you everything around that budget that they can find because they want you to buy the most expensive thing. They do. And you know what? Honestly, you can't blame them. I mean, that's how they earn their living. It's a commission, right? So if you don't give them a specific criteria, they're going to give you the best thing that they can find that works for them as well as you, as well as the parameters you've set, right? So... Again, be very specific in your criteria. If you don't want to spend over a certain amount, good, then you tell them that. But I would recommend you give them a range of what you are willing to spend, 
Because at this way, now you'll start to see the properties in that specific range instead of just all the properties that are that are like plus five or you know plus or minus ten of your budget. You know what I mean? So keep that in mind. Um, okay. Now also certain specifics when it comes to bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, right? Uh, backyards, amenities, you name it. Right. All that stuff you want to make sure that you mention to your realtor or to your broker so they can find the property that bets that best suits your needs. Okay? Super important. Um, right, so at this month, right, the three month mark, that's where you want to start doing it. And you've got a whole thirty to sixty days to find something that's really, really gonna fit for you. Okay. Now, uh, once you once you do that, right, you also want to confirm with your lender, right? Confirm with your lender who you're going to use. Now, if you've been looking at two or three um, before, at like that six-month mark I was talking to you about, great. Compare them, make sure you negotiate, and find the lender that you want to work with, okay? Now, you don't have to, but you can. Again, you don't have to, but you can start the pre-approval process of getting funding, while you're looking for properties, right? Now, the reason I say this is because if you find that one deal that you know you only have a day to do and you want to jump on it because you are for sure this is what you want. You've been looking at them for a while. You've gotten the gist of what things are selling for in the market, how long they're sitting on the market before they come down in price. You know, you want to make sure you buy right. You're not going to buy over market value. You want to buy at or below market value, right? So, um, but if you find that one deal that you want to grab really, really quick, it's better for you to have a lender identified and to work the pre-approval process, or at the very least, to just have the lender identified. That way, you find the property, you make your offer, and you apply for pre-approval at the same time. Because most lenders require, I'm sorry, most uh, realtors require you to submit your earnest money deposit, which is a small amount of money that you put towards your contract to prove to the seller that you do want to buy this home, right? So your earnest money deposit, as well as a proof of funds, okay? Your proof of funds is what you get from your lender saying that you have the money to back the purchase of this property, okay? So those two things are important, your honest money deposit and your proof of funds that you get to, to, and you give to your realtor or your broker and they attach that to your contract and they give that to the seller. So this person is coming to them with a serious offer and they'll be able to consider it or accept it, right? Or of course, decline it if, if they so choose, but right? So keep that in mind, all right? You need those things, right? Now, at the two-month mark, all right, this is where you fly out, okay? Now, again, you wanted to plan your your uh, household and travel in the sixth to nine-month mark, right? Somewhere in there. So at this point, you're ready to fly out. At the two-month mark, you're going to go and review certain properties. You don't have to put an offer on any properties in that three-month mark, like I said. It was just it was just having it in your back pocket just in case if you knew for sure that this is something you want to do. And I totally recommend having someone in that area that will look at that property for you before you just go and jump on it, right? 
Um, you definitely want to have someone lay some eyes on it because you don't want to make a mistake, right? I, I almost made a mistake once, and I'll share that story with you another time. If I don't get to it this episode, you'll hear about it again. But uh, but I definitely made a mistake on uh, a property that I put an offer on, jumping on it too early, and it was no bueno, okay? So anyway, right? At this point, you want to review, you know, as you fly out there, right, you, you want to have certain properties in line that you want to go take a look, okay? So this is coming up to your 10-day window. You have to maximize the 10 days as much as you can. And I recommend that you use those 10 days in driving around the area, getting a good feel visually, Right for what's in the area and how things are progressing based off of everything that you've seen and done through phone calls and through research online. Now you're going to get this this you know this physical um, experience with the property. You're going to get to meet your realtor right face to face or your broker or your friend right whoever's helping you out and finding these properties. You can meet some of the partners that you've established a relationship with right of online. And, you know, and again, you get a good lay of the land. You can talk to some locals. You can ask them some questions. If you're still not convinced on what area that you should buy in, that's fine. You drive to the ones that you are more willing to live in and then ask questions in those areas and then make your decision after the 10 days is up, right? Or before the 10 days are up. And then at that point, then you can confirm your offer and then you can go ahead and get ready to close, right? So now... After that, you're heading into that 30-day window of your PCS. Things are going to get really hectic at work. Okay, we all know that the last 30 days, sometimes even the last three months, honestly, is super hectic when it gets ready to you know transfer to another command. So you got to kind of balance this, and that's why I tell you to go in the in the order that I that I said because. At during the 30-day mark, when you're turning over, you want very little issues to deal with. So if you've already identified your property, you've already identified your lender, you've already identified um, you know, who your team is to help you get the property up to snuff, if it needs rehab or whatever, right? You have all that stuff figured out. Now you're just worried about three things. Finding insurance, right, which you don't have to find. I mean, it's just it's just you know, scheduling the insurance, scheduling the appraisal, and scheduling the home inspection, okay? Those three things, once you're under contract, those three things need to happen. You need to get your home inspection within the first 10 days. That's usually, right? Some states may, may differ, so you have to, you know, figure out what the rules are contracting-wise. But 10 days typically for your home inspection and then your appraisal has to happen as well. And your lenders might already schedule that for you, so you might not have to worry about that. But if you do, right, make sure you get that done as well because you want to know and you want to verify how much that property is selling or is at in market value. Because again, if you're above market value and you don't find out until the appraisal, that's something you can use to negotiate and say, hey, listen, this property is only worth this much. So let's negotiate you know, this purchase price instead because I don't want to pay more than what it's worth, right? Now, your seller may tell you, hey, listen, this is our deal and this is what it is. You either take it or leave it and that's up to them. But, you know, just another negotiation tool, right? So, all right, during those things, those will happen within 30 to 45 days, however long your contract is. And then... By the time you're ready to leave, everything's good to go, and you're literally coming in 
to go sign your lease, or sorry, sorry, sign your mortgage uh, documents, and then move right in, and you're good to go. Or maybe you sign it all electronically, so that way, as soon as you step boots on ground, you can you know turn that key to your new home and just start moving your stuff in right away. Okay, so there you go. That that's it right there. That's literally you know how you can take your house hunting leave and use it like a boss to set yourself up for your next command. Now, again, obviously, everybody's situation is different, so make sure that you tailor it to fit your family or your individual needs, okay? Maybe you want to send your wife, or I'm sorry, your spouse, right? Maybe you want to send your spouse out ahead of you to go take care of all that. That's completely fine. You certainly can do it, and if you check out that link that I put in the show notes for you in DFAS, it'll tell you that your spouse is actually allowed to take this trip for you as well and still get reimbursed for the same expenses that you would have, you know, as well. So, so make sure that you guys check it out. Okay. There are a bunch of rules and a bunch of stuff that you can, um, that you can take advantage of with this benefit, but it's another awesome benefit that we have as military to use to invest in real estate. Right. And I'm telling you guys, there's some great stuff out there. You really just have to do some digging, but fortunately for you, you don't have to do some digging. You just have to stay tuned. So go ahead. If you like what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button. Please reach out to us on Facebook, um, on Instagram, right? Make sure you check out our main page, www.activedutypassiveincome.com. If you're looking for something a little faster, we have a whole course designed for you to take you everywhere from zero to close and teaching you how to invest teaching you about house hacking, about using the benefits that we have as military to jumpstart your your investing career. Check it out, all right? If not, we have the podcast, Mondays and Fridays. We've got a video blog that I put on my Facebook page every Wednesday. We are here to help you guys. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Deuce. Deuce.